This is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. There is a river that flows. Amen. There's a precious river of God that flows and it comes from his heart. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ himself that flows so freely. Give God praise for what he's doing in his world today. Amen. 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 So anyone here today? I'm taking a poll. Um, anyone here today have... Have you ever had anyone accuse you of doing something that was wrong? Raise your hand. You got accused of doing something wrong? Raise your hand. Okay. Many of you here today. God bless you honest people today. Amen. Uh, It really hurts sometimes in life when you get accused of doing something wrong and even something that you didn't do. So, for example, in high school, uh, my teacher, she got so mad at the whole class one day and I always remember it because the whole class just had you know there was all kinds of things going on and somehow she just kept thinking that we just couldn't get quiet enough how many of you teachers know that okay raise your hand okay they just couldn't get quiet enough especially when she needed to talk because that was when we probably should have been quiet but whether we were talking or not that day everybody 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 got in trouble that day, okay? And so our punishment was something that really even to this day has scarred me. I should probably sit on a black couch and get therapy for it somehow. Uh, It's one of those things that has just really affected my life. But uh, what happened is, as as she began to notice that things didn't change, um, she noticed that, okay, guys are going to be in trouble and everybody's in trouble. So she said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And she said that in a teacher voice, you know, that you have when you're a teacher and you just, you're mean business. She said, everybody put down what you're doing and get underneath your desk right now. And so we're scared. And this was Christian school too. So it was, she's a little more scared, you know, this was back in the nineties too. They didn't have laws and children or anything back then. You know, not like they do today. So she had us all get underneath our desk. And and we were all like, oh man, what's going to happen? She's like, look up underneath your desk. So you're looking and you know, it's kind of disgusting, you know, if you notice the school desk. And so she, she, she had to start looking up underneath her desk like that. And she was like, okay, here's what you have to do. All of you, whether you were talking or not. I'm going to give you a fork and underneath your desk, there's probably gum and there's probably some sort of debris. There's something underneath that that needs clean. So get to cleaning. (laughs) So she handed us all these forks and we're like scraping stuff off. I mean, this stuff had been there probably since like 1985 or something like that, you know, when she was in school. And so it's kind of like, you know, you're trying to scrape all this stuff off. And I thought I was doing such a good job that I could get out early. But no, you got another desk to clean. So that didn't work either. (laughs) So there we were, you know, good kids, bad kids, the quiet kids, the loud kids, all of that. 
scraping all this disgusting gum off of these desks. And, you know, I get that the loud bunch probably should have been punished. I get that. But, you know, the rest of us that weren't doing anything, I, I didn't think we should have gotten, gotten punished. I mean, we could have had another study hall or something. That would have been fine with me. But, you know, in that moment, I felt the wrath of Mrs. Wagner like no one else. And, of course, she later apologized for, for these things and tried to soothe things over. And I think we had cake or something on Friday. I don't know. But it was still scarring to me because I still remember that pink, nasty bubble gum that probably smelled like bubblicious 10 years ago that still smelled like bubblicious underneath the desk. It was gross. It was disgusting. And I'll just never forget that because I'm scarred, okay? All right. So here's the thing. Why is it when we get accused of something, we have a really hard time sometimes of letting it go? Obviously, I have a hard time of letting that story go. And why is it when we feel attacked at times that we should be above that attack? Why is it that when good, quiet people have to scrape pink gum off of the desk, why is that a good idea? Well, today I want us to look at a story that maybe will help frame uh, some of these things for us here today. Definitely will help uh, bring us into some biblical proportions of how this will all work within our life today. Because today we're going to be looking at the life of Job. We're going to be in Job chapter 1. Okay? Job chapter 1. And I want to say this uh, before we get started. As we look at Job and his life, um, there's a lot of things, of course, we're going to talk about that went on. But one thing that Job had that I found interesting that's not really mentioned in the scriptures, but it's, it is there, but it's not maybe mentioned by name, is this. Job had a certain persuasion of influence within his life. And influence is important for us here today because I believe that God wants to show us how we can even use our influence for his good. Because sometimes our influence that we give in our lives, it needs even a reset from the Lord. We're in this series this month called Reset, and we've been asking the Lord to reset stuff with inside of us. Why do we pray that? Why do we ask that? It's because we forget and we're human and we need touch to come and work within our lives here today and that's why we gather together is to remember that oh yeah god i, I need help with this god I, I need more of you and less of me and that's what we call reset and that's where we're going today even in the scriptures with job we all face hardships in our life and certainly those those things can sometimes de even devalue our influence devalue our experience and today i want you to know something I want you to know that all of this comes from the enemy himself. And Job, of course, is known for having all kinds of hardships in his life, no doubt. But what Job did not know is that there was somebody. <laughs> There's somebody. Somebody say somebody. somebody. There's somebody who was out to accuse him. Who was out to wish him to curse God. Yeah. There is somebody out there who was trying to destroy his life one person one situation one giant gapping grieving hole at a time there is somebody out to get him 
And today I want you to know that the same enemy that Job had is the same enemy that we have. And his name is Lucifer. His name is Satan. His name is the devil himself. And he is out to accuse every single one of you every single day, every single second. That's his job. So this morning, let's stand. And I want us to begin to read the word of the Lord today about this accuser. I want to see what he's doing today within this passage. I want to talk a little bit about... How Satan attacks us. Let's stand for the reading of the word today. So in Job chapter 1, this is what it says. In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Somebody should say amen for that. He had seven sons, he had three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep. How many of you own 7,000 sheep? No hands up for that one. Okay. Moving on. He had 3,000 camels in addition. He had 500 yoke of oxen. He had 500 donkeys. He had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays. And they would invite the, their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, well, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And the scriptures say that this was Job's regular custom. Amen. His regular custom. Verse 6, it says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, and also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, I love this. He didn't say, hey, how's it going? He didn't say, hey, you old red devil. He just said, where have you come from? Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's, have you considered my servant Job? You see, there's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright. He's a man who fears God and he shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, do not lay finger. And then it says, then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Let's bow our heads today for the receiving of this word. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather here together today, we want to celebrate you. We want to lift you up here today. God, we want to praise you today. And so in all of that, Lord, we just simply ask that you begin to work and move within this sermon, move and work within this message. 
We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit just erupt in such a way to where, Lord, we know that you're here. You are speaking to us. You are working in us. And you're transforming and resetting us for the way that we need to be. And so, God, we pray this, Lord. Be with me here today. May this message be the message that you want to be heard, that you want to be spoken, Lord. Anoint my tongue in such a way, Lord, to where this will not just make sense, that this will not just sit on a shelf in someone's heart, Lord, that this is going to be something that's going to be powerful for people to act and work and to move upon through you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. We say amen. 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 You guys may be seated if you'd like. So as we talk about Job, we obviously see he had a lot of prosperity. I mean, I took a poll. None of you got thousands of sheep, camels, right? You guys are lucky to have a car, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got a Ford. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. But the thing about Job is he had a lot of stability in his life. He had around him a large household of servants. He had accumulated a kind of wealth that it doesn't suddenly deprecate. His children were numerous enough to promise a long line of descendants. He had the American dream. <laughs> Right there. Yet, beyond the clouds where no human could see the spirit of evil stood before God. And then this conversation took place. Satan began to challenge God over Job. The devil himself thought that he could challenge God in a spiritual fight. He thought that he could enter into the ring the tough guys do like this. You know, Mike Tyson, like, like they've been on the roids for 10 years and they got that itch to kick it up. Okay. <laughs> Satan trying to enter into heaven thinking he is a tough guy. And you got God saying, Where'd you come from? He didn't welcome them. He didn't say, Hey, buddy. He said, Where'd you come from? And then I love it. The Lord just turns to him and he just says, have you considered my servant, Job? Have you considered? Because God already knew what the devil was wanting to fight about. Give God praise. He already knows what the devil wants. And he's already got a plan in place. Give him praise. Amen. He said, have you considered my servant, Job? And I love it when God asks questions. Because when God asks questions, whoo, something's going to happen. We see it here in the Old Testament, and we see it even in Jesus. Something's going to happen. And so, let me ask you this question. How do you think Satan considered Job through his eyes? Maybe a more important question, too, for us is how do you think he considers us in his eyes? I want to say it this way. You know, Satan was an angel. He was, he was the most prettiest. He was the most angelic. He had a great voice. He's leading the choir of angels. There's a lot to be said about who Satan was before he fell. But it says in the scriptures that when Satan began to set up within his pride and think himself above God, that he was shot down like lightning. That's what Jesus said. And so Satan knows 
that we are the apple of God's eye. Amen. Give God praise. So how does he consider us? Well, he considers us a marvel. Because we have something that he'll never have. We have a chance of redemption. He has no chance. And so that way when Satan finds Christians, when he finds people that are faithful, when he sees people that are living for the Lord, he considers it a miracle. Because all he wants to do is wreck and destroy their lives. How else does he consider us? Guess what? If you didn't know this already, he considers us as he detects all the flaws within us. <laughs> you want to know where that spirit of judgment came from that you have to deal with at work from people at some times or at school? It came from this guy. The father of all lies. How he chuckled over our secret sins. Because for every sin born in the heart of a believer, it cries out to the devil and says, Father, Father. And if the devil sees his foul offspring come to life, when we move away from obeying the things of God. And this, my friends, is really the only way that the devil fills in anything in his life because he feels almost like a father. But he's not a father. He's a father of lies, of deceit, and of evil. He's not your heavenly father who loves you and gives you grace, gives you mercy, gives you forgiveness when you didn't deserve it. That's who God is. Give him praise for the things that he's given to you right here in this moment. Give him praise. How else does the devil consider us? Well, he considers you a barrier. Did you know that? He considers you a barrier to the progress of his earthly, worldly, disgusting, and evil kingdom. Filled with selfish intent. Filled with selfish desires. Filled with so much selfishness. That's the world we live in. And we see it in every facet of our world. The problem with humanity is that we can't fix our own selfishness. And he knows that. And he thrives on that. But if you're faithful to the Lord. <laughs> how many of you are faithful to the Lord? Raise your hand. You're faithful to what he wants you to do. Amen. Because guess what? I'm just going to let you know. You're a barrier. You're a barrier because he has to go through you to get to yourself and someone else. And he thinks that if he can put enough worry on your mind. He thinks if he can put enough distractions in your way. He thinks if he can put enough things that are going to make you feel comfortable. That are going to make you feel good. That are going to make you feel all the things that you think that you should feel. He thinks that if he can put that on you, then he's already won it. He's got you distracted and keeping you away from the very presence of God. Let me say this. The people of God, they never rob God of his praise. That's why we praise the Lord in this house so much. Because I don't want to take a moment to ever rob God of the praise that he deserves. Amen. Amen. So my second point is this. What does Satan really consider about us? Okay, About 
who we are. Because I know this, Satan, he's not omniscient. But after thousands of years of dealing with fallen humanity, he's acquired a lot of experience. He's acquired a lot of knowledge. And he knows what the springs of human action are and how to play on them. He knows a lot about you without even knowing you. When Satan considers us, <laughs> he doesn't consider you in a kind way. He looks at every single fault that you have. For every single fault, he thinks of it as an infirmity and a sickness. He looks us up and down and tries to measure us up. And he basically says, yes, this person, they're a drunkard. This person over here, they're a pornographer. This person over here is a liar. Just like me. And he measures you up, not based on your potential and possibility. He measures you up on the faults and the cracks and the sin that you harbor within your life. And he names us, not by a name, but by our dysfunction and displacement that we find within sin. That's how he considers us. He considers our state of mind because the devil knows that we're most vulnerable and we're often overtaken when we let our frame of mind be captive to his thoughts that are birthed in nothing but sin and rebellion. He considers who your friends and family are because of some, among some people, you may say to yourself, well, I wouldn't do that in front of that person. But the devil knows you enough to know that when you're in this crowd, you might have a change in your tune. He considers the condition of the world around you. He has different temptations for different people because huh, we all don't drink out of the same sin Kool-Aid. And so he has a different size, a different prescription, a different color. He has a different flavor for you to try. And he's always offering it to you at every single turn that he can. He has temptations of all different sizes. In fact, even our own positions, our own capabilities, our own education, our own standing in society can all be doors through which he attacks. So don't be discouraged or afraid when that happens. Because that means when you get attacked in that sort of way from the devil, means he's really trying to gnaw at what it is that makes you strong in the Lord. Amen. 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 Give him praise. Now the devil, also lastly, he knows that our intended plan in all of creation was to worship God. That's why we were made, simply put. And we worship God through so many different facets. We were made to be good stewards of the earth. We were made to, to tend to the animals and, and to creation. We were, we were here to have fellowship and relationship with God. In Genesis, it talks about how Adam and Eve would walk with God. God would literally walk with you side by side. And that's how it was always supposed to be. That's how it was always supposed to be intention. But then Satan gets in the midst of, of what is so good that God made and wrecks it and tries to make it so bad and hopeless. 
and the offer of a temptation. The Kool-Aid for Adam and Eve was eating from the wrong tree. And for many of us, it's the same. If you just do this, you can be just like this. <laughs> it's a simple temptation that he still uses today. But because of that, he knows the objects of our affection. Because since we were made to worship, every single person on planet Earth, no matter where they're from, what country they're at, no matter their environment, everyone was made to worship. The question is, what is it that we worship? And Satan knows the things that we love deep inside of us, the idols within our hearts, the things that will bring displeasure to God, the things that will bring us into his limelight of temptation. And then he'll use all of that once you fall into temptation and he'll call you by the thing you're tempted by. That's the devil. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had enough time talking about the devil today. I'm ready to get here into the word again and consider who is God in all of this. Because there's a higher consideration that overran all of Satan's considerations. Give God praise for that. Give God praise that he was already seeing the plan. Here was the devil trying to get God into the spiritual battle. And God was already like, you consider my, my servant Job. So who was Job? Job was a man blessed by the Lord, no doubt. Had all kinds of resources. We would look at him and think, yeah, this guy's got it all together. And so the story of it goes is that the devil takes everything that Job had except his life. He took it away. The only thing that he left was his wife and some friends. He took his health away. He took his kids away. He took all of his resources away. And so if you thought you had a bad day today, I ask you to consider the Bible servant Job. He took everything. How many of you have ever just felt like just everything, the bottom of your life just fell out at some point in your life. You just, everything was taken away. Everything was gone. It was here one day, now it's gone. And now Job is, is in this period, he's just, he doesn't know what to make of it, but he knows this. He knows that he will not curse God. When his own wife says, you need to curse God. He doesn't curse God. When his friends come to him with ill advice, and at the end of it all, they say, you just need to curse God and move on with your life. He doesn't. He doesn't. And this is why God said to Satan, consider my servant, Job. Because he knew the capacity of Job's faith in his walk. The Lord considered this as well. He considered how far he would let the devil go. In verse 12, it says, you can go this far, but no further. You can drive him into try to drive him into temptation, but you can't kill him. And even the devil knew that he couldn't break those rules. The devil knew that he couldn't break those laws. And so all praise goes to God because guess what? God is putting a hedge of protection around you even right now. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know that God has got his hand on your life. 
And he's surrounded. And God is saying, in all of his power, in all of his glory, he's telling the devil the details. You see, Satan's led to believe that he's powerful. But all he is is a big rebellious bully who wants you to suffer well under what power he may have. And yet all the time, God is the one who's surrounding you. And he is holding you right now in this place. Give him praise for that. Because when the devil attacks, he'll want to attack. God is holding you this morning. Give him praise. The Lord considers also how to sustain his servant Job under trial. You see, God poured secret oil upon Job's fire of grace while the devil was throwing buckets of water on him. He is trying to get him as best as he could. He's working overtime to try to get Job to curse God, to try to get Job to deny the power of God working in his life. And so we see the devil working overtime. And I see the devil working overtime all the time in our world today. I see him working in people's lives. That breaks my heart. I see the devil and the enemy working in, 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 in people's lives here, even in the church. And it breaks my heart because I know that the devil is so desperate to want to make an attempt to hurt you, to attack you, to bully you, and to persuade you into sin and temptation. And and it breaks the heart of God, too. But praise God, you have a God who knows how to sustain you, church. In the worst of times, when you thought that you thought you would die, God was there to pick you up and to hold and sustain you, church. When you thought that you would be completely crushed and obliterated and stomped on by the devil, God was there. To give you a lifeline of love and grace and mercy and the things that you really needed in your life. Let me say this. The Lord also considered how to sanctify Job by his trial. Job was a better man at the end of his story than he was even at the beginning. Praise God. Give him praise for that. God gave him twice the property he had before. And he made Job even more famous than he was, whose name will ring throughout the ages. Job, even by scholars, many believe was the first book of the Bible written. <laughs> and we talked about a little about influence in the beginning. Let me ask you this. Job had a certain sense of influence, of course. In the beginning with his family, his wife, now everybody. And even through as he preserved in the faith, he still had a sense of influence. And yet now his influence, as it's even being in the scriptures, has now influenced us to let us know that when we're attacked by the enemy, we have a God who is ready to come and to work and to move and to provide for us here. Give God praise for that. Amen. His story has touched all of history. You see, the devil tried to go to heaven and then he tried to go down to Georgia. <laughs> all along the way, this foolish devil 
Every time he attacks, every time he tries to put up barriers and, and bricks and walls in people's lives, every time he tries to build himself up on his own throne and pedestal, God sees all of that and he knows through Jesus Christ who shed his blood, who brought us into eternity and into a rightful place and character with God. Through that blood, we have access to God and we don't need to have access to that devil who went down to Georgia anymore. Praise God. Because when he attacks us, God gives us grace and gives us love for all ages. This time, uh, I'd like to have the worship team come back up at this time. <laughs> And I just want to say this. If you want to make the devil angry today, how many of you want to make the devil angry? Okay, a few of you want to make the devil angry. I really want to make him angry. I really want to really want to tee him off today because I've seen him do so many things to so many people that I love. And the saints have been comforted by the history of God and his patience. So today I want us to commit ourselves in faith to the care and keeping of God as poverty may come into within our lives, as sickness may come into our lives, even as death comes into our lives. I want us to understand that it's God that holds us and sustains us. And the devil wants nothing more than to wreck and ruin your life. And he's going to do whatever it takes to get you off track. He may not be able to kill you. But it doesn't mean he won't try to use your own thoughts and your own actions and your own life against you. And that's why we're here. That's why we need a reset. We live in a world that's the devil's playground where sin and rebellion are free to roam. And that's why we need a reset to understand that this world, it's not our home. We are here and we make the best of it. But praise God, we've got a better home in heaven with the Lord here. Amen. And so today, I want you to know the devil wants your influence. He wants to attack you. He wants you to curse God in everything that you do. And he wants to hurt you in the worst way possible. But this, folks, is why God gave us the gift of praise. So that's why we're going to close the service out today like this. We sang a song today that had this line. It says, <laughs> you take what the enemy meant for evil yes. and you turn it for good. Yes. You take what the enemy, he tried to stomp you out. The enemy who tried to set you in your own ways. The enemy who only knows you by your temptations and your sin. The enemy. But what God, what God sees is his child. Yes. Amen. So this morning, I want us to close today by singing um, Sea of Victory today. Can we do that today, church? Yes. All right, let's, let's get that song. Let's stand this morning as, as we sing this song today. Say in the old church, we're going to give the devil a black eye today. You guys ready Amen. for that? Amen. 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 Let's give him a black eye today.
today. Dear Jesus, we give you all the praise for the victories that are being won in this house today. We give you praise, Lord, for those that want to come and not just see a victory, but to experience a victory in their life today. So, Lord, we just let this message to begin to work and to move and to, to soak within our hearts and within our minds. We ask that as we leave this place here today, Lord, that if we are needing a victory, Lord, we reach out to you. We reach out to one of our brothers and sisters in Christ. If there's something that is within our lives that needs a reset, God, we pray, Lord, that you will work and move. We pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.